I'm saying whatever I want. Wing it. All right, am I, are we starting right now? Welcome back to Herzog Radio's podcast, Lost on the River. This is our second episode, and we're joined tonight with Dorsey Fife from 97X, the Special future guest. of yeah. a rock and roll. He was a, uh, uh online, uh, disc jockey for them not online but uh on we're, we're online on air <laughs> i still say map quest when i'm trying to get directions so Napster, you know yeah so we also have andrew hibbard with us tonight and corn stetter the ceo and founder of inhaler radio which is a cincinnati-based online radio station with uh live radio uh from i think he said 9 a.m to 7 p.m we'll get the correct times seven to seven 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. Lots lots of guests. Lots of guests. Uh, now, uh, we woke up this morning and Aaron had sent us a note that he Aaron Sharp couldn't join us for this, the, the second episode. Uh, but little did did he know that, that I knew Dorsey was in town and available. Those and are just the little things that Billy Furby does for this uh, podcast. He's connected to the uh, underground. I've, you know, yeah, a, a lot of, uh, yeah. So that was Dorsey that you just heard there, and you might have recognized uh, that superior <laughs> golden voice that usually is Aaron Sharp. He's even sitting in Aaron's chair, so. It um, feels very warm. He's warmed it up. <laughs> Do you hear that? I, now I think he's just pushing it a little bit. Now he's going extra golden. He turned his golden up from 11 to 14. You, well, I tell you that. Uh, <laughs> you, you were at 97X from, from when? I was at 97X from 1993 to 1999. I thought the world was going to end in 2000, so I decided to – I was in a band at the time, so that's I, – I, I left 97X to pursue the band, which sort of – imploded a couple of years later. And then I worked for uh, WNKU part-time from 2000 to 2008. Wow. Not, not a bad guess. Your, to, ba- uh, your band imploded, but the, the, <laughs> the, ni- the 99 bug didn't, the uh, Very Y2K true. chip. Yeah. It, uh, everything, everybody had that stuff in their garage. And it, it uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I was kind of like, well, this is 99. Let's do something. Let's do something else. I talked a friend into canceling their uh, <laughs> flight to Chicago and driving because I was like, dude, you're yeah. crazy. You're yeah. going to get stuck there. <laughs> Everything's going to shut down He at made midnight. so much fun of me after that. But it, it was a great time. I, mean, I started in 93 and we all know about the 90s. There was a lot of transition. Uh, the, the alternative thing was sort of becoming a little bit more commercial each year in the 90s. And uh, back in those days, uh, when at 97X, we were at the point where I don't even believe the Afghan wigs or the ass ponies had had. Uh, I mean, the ass po- or the wigs were on sub pop, but I believe the ass ponies were still doing. They weren't on A&M yet. So we, I saw all that kind of occur. But I don't know. It was a good time. I mean, back in those days, we used to have uh, we had to call the ass ponies the A ponies, and we had to call the butthole surfers the BH surfers because I believe the owner was a little didn't know kind of how how they would handle that the FCC at the time. But eventually, it became okay once all those bands became big. We could say butthole surfers, and and I always felt weird saying the A ponies. Well, now, hey, now that the, was the A ponies. <laughs> hey, I'm Dorsey here. I know, and uh, we're put, wrapping this set up with the. A ponies. It doesn't yeah. really ring the way the it didn't. It doesn't. Does. Now, d- didn't the Enquirer uh, refer them as the Burrow ponies? Am I remembering? I, that? I believe that's very true because of the same uh, censorship. Thing. Sure. So, yeah. Which is a great thing for a band because th- there's no quicker way to get recognition than to have everybody go shh. They're the A ponies. They're, yeah, they're the Burrow ponies. It's yeah. Like, you yeah. might as well just <laughs> it buy worked. The kid the cassette tape. <laughs> I mean, it worked out for them. Yeah. So and it was a great time because you know, here we were. 
in the midst of this alternative thing going on, which all of us who felt that we were being cheated in the late eighties by having to hear all these hair metal bands in the Midwest on the radio discovered this little station out in, in Oxford. So it was just a very uh, special time in my life. I, I went through doors and met people and I had a really good time. And I, I think when people heard me on the air, they, they, they got the fact that I was having a good time and I was pretty real about it. I never tried to have a radio voice or whatever. I just sort of tried to be who I was. I, I, Cause I, there was a lot of guys on there like, Hey, I'm super Dave. And we called those pukers. Right. And, and I don't know, it was just, it was a very special time to be able to go to that little 3000 watt station that had a lot of uh, people behind it, Rolling Stone, Spin Magazine. So I felt very blessed. No, you guys were, have, uh, you guys were a name maker. Absolutely. I mean, you were absolutely, if you got, if your record got picked up by 97X and played, that was a huge. It was us and K-Rock out of Los Angeles. K-Rock, uh had been doing it about the same amount of time and they're still, they're, they're not a very good station anymore because they've kind of gone more sterile in my opinion, but uh, KCRW is the one out there now. But anyway, it, yeah, it was a, it was just a very good time. And I was able to expose, you know, people that I knew, like I went to school with Bob from Guided by Voices and all of a sudden, like he goes from being a school teacher to being like this indie rock God. And it's, it's awesome, but it's also kind of funny because I knew Bob before that, but it was just, it was very awesome just to, and, and special to have people that, you know, being successful doing things that they're good at and that they like to do. So, and then, you know, all the, yeah, I met a lot of people outside of the local um, scene too, which was, it was always interesting when you, you get, there are, there are times where you're like, your boss tells you like, Hey, uh, today at uh, tomorrow at three thirty, semi-sonic is going to be on your show. And you're like, is that the band that sings closing time? And then you're like, thinking that at, at this point it's about 95, 96 and alternative music has taken a little bit of a different so there, there's things leaking in that I'm not very familiar or comfortable with. And I think that's what kind of happened along the nineties was the saturation became to the point where I, I there, there were certain bands I thought we played that didn't really fit that true 97 X thing that we had done prior to about 96. Yeah. I mean, you still, yeah, it starts to get, well, a lot of what happens is you get, and Wednesday was what they call a call day. So Wednesday, basically, I, I would go in and I would be on the phone for six hours to record companies, which is fine. It's part of the business. But what I'm saying is once the money got involved and it kind of transitioned from the heavy metal crowd or the grunge crowd or whatever to, you know, we all know what alternative became in the mid-90s. A lot of it was great, but some of it was like, what? What is this? And it's promotional dollars. So everybody kind of got caught up in that. Yeah, I think you're talking about the difference between, say, uh, the Mud Honeys. To, Absolutely. You go from you go from the Mud Honeys to Blink One Eighty Two to Marcy's to Playground. Yeah, yeah. I want sex and candy. I yeah. mean that that was a alternative band. Yeah, and Cheryl and, Crow was marketed as alternative when absolutely. she first came out. Absolutely, she was just as, and uh, I remember this. She was a very quiet girl. But from I, but she, that that thing she actually, but that would have been legit though. Yeah, because she was like folk punk. There was just a lot of, it became, and, and I'm not, I'm not, and, and no well, way. Billy Furby said, <laughs> I got bullshit. <laughs> but in no way am I, am I saying, Hey, everything went wrong, but it just kind of, I, I noticed a little bit of a change once it became successful. And then they, the record company sort of would slide these bands over. Like well, you, you say, you know, so. that was the last stand. I mean, it was what, what kind of Herzog, Herzog studio, King records back in the day. You could be a band, you could pay money, go in King, cut a 45, 
for, King could publish that and put it in a jukebox that weekend yep. in town. And, you know, 97X was kind of the last stand of that Absolutely. business model where it's like small town guys listening to music, curating music, putting it out there for people to listen to. We curate such good music that we've created a reputation for ourselves. And now what we put out, now we're tastemakers. Absolutely. The, you know. And and as a business, let's face it, in the early days, there wasn't a lot of money at that radio station because we were very underground. Alternative hadn't taken off. So at a certain point when you can maybe pad it a little bit and not be distasteful, it totally makes sense. I mean, money makes the world go round. And well, you got to keep the radio station going. Absolutely. You got to so, have... You got to have listeners in the, in the, and you've got your audience and yeah. they're, they're always changing. And so it's a, I mean, I can't imagine how, how complicated of a market it is because at the end of the day, it's really all your revenue is driven through the, Absolutely. Ad, the advertisement yeah. dollar. So that's why we would like to thank Thunderdome Restaurant <laughs> Group and uh, Otto's sure. and Covington yeah. and Herzog Music and Eli's Barbecue and all the people that help us with Herzog Radio and uh, people that help us with Herzog Radio. Well, sp- speaking of, l- let me go into, uh, uh, from the foundation's perspective. The Thank Cincinnati. God it's not a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have fun facts later. It's never one of them's been fun. Nary a one. He's rattled now. I got him rattled with a nary. I used a nary, oh, a boy. word with an apostrophe, and he's rattled. Nary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dorsey's like, this is rookie shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, well, hey, I, I'm I'm glad to be here. It's like someone actually uh, invited me somewhere. Well, I, I appreciate it. All right, I'm happy to have you. Well, yeah. thank you. Uh, it's uh, good to be uh, seen. I'm loving hearing these stories. From uh, as our listeners may or may not know, uh, every episode of Lost on the River here, this being the second one, we try to give a little bit of the history uh, of this studio that we're recording out of. Uh, the historic Herzog Studio on behalf of the Cincinnati USA Music Heritage Foundation. Uh, For this episode, I wanted to give uh, just a brief uh, encapsulated history on Henry Glover, uh, likely uh, the first African-American executive of a white-owned company. He was Sid Nathan's top executive, Sid Nathan of King Records, uh, and did A&R as well as uh, songwriting, arranging, uh, and producing. He oversaw uh, a lot of the first R&B sessions in Cincinnati, including Bull Moose Jackson. I think here in a second we're going to give a listen to uh, one of uh, Bull Moose Jackson's recordings that were made here at Herzog. Uh, Glover also worked with country artists like the Delmore Brothers and Moon Mulligan. You got to imagine these white oh, bands coming in, blue bluegrass bands and, and coming in like, Who's in charge? <laughs> well, know, because I, I imagine that was a pretty touchy period in time. Sure, and and, and uh, I know Elliot. I spoke to Elliot the other day. Elliot Ruther, who uh, heads up the the nonprofit foundation, one one of the primary figures, uh, uh, certainly emphasizes that Glover's uh, role here at Herzog should be appreciated at the you know same level as as we look at Hank Williams, uh, Bucky Herzog, Sid Nathan, or, or Patty Page. Uh, and uh, Elliot uh, also mentioned that he's currently speaking with Otis Williams of The Charms on a Henry Glover project. Uh, and uh, Otis uh, was mentioned by Glover at the uh, Herzog Music opening. And uh, Otis gave a lengthy interview uh, about Glover to a news station at the time. And we have a lot more on that front. 
that the nonprofit is currently working on. So stay tuned for a little bit. A lot of information to dig up. This stuff isn't just uh, on the internet. Hey, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. So here we are. Uh, We're going to give a listen to The Honey Dripper, Bull Moose Jackson, recorded at the historic Herzog Studio, Cincinnati's first R&B session in That was the Honey Dripper, uh, straight out of, uh, I believe I mentioned before we heard the song, 1945, Cincinnati's, uh, that was part of uh, the first R&B session in Cincinnati, and uh, produced by Henry Glover, so. Sounds just as fresh in 2017 as it did in 1945, I bet. Yeah. Well, hey, we're joined in the studio tonight uh, by a Cincinnati singer-songwriter. His name is Andrew Hibbard. If you haven't heard uh, him yet, you will soon because he's here with us, A, (laughs) and B, because he's really talented. And uh, we're a firm believer that uh, he's going to be in. uh, Well, we we wouldn't have him on the program if we Yeah, he's going somewhere, basically. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's pretty much the case. So let's introduce Andrew Hibbert here. 
How you doing, guys? Good. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for coming in tonight and uh, braving the Cincinnati soon-to-be winter. And Oh, it's cold. Yeah, it is getting cold, and I hate seriously hate cold weather. Dorsey flew here all the way from the golden yeah. fields of California. Oh, God, what am I doing? What? <laughs> yeah, why you did that? I'll, I'll just Even though I just met you, I know now that you're batshit crazy. And, and, <laughs> Andrew, where, where did you travel from? Where, where do you live at? In, in uh, Hamilton, okay. Ohio, yeah. Okay. I heard so. Hamilton's undergoing a renaissance. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Hamilton, but right. Careful, because this is going out to millions of ears. Yeah. You don't want to say. You don't want to say something. You don't want to bag on your hometown. Right. It's not like well, people from Hamilton would applaud if I did that. Right. 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 <laughs> but, Hamilton sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a great place, but like all great places, there's some horrible, horrible things about it. So. I've I've heard some of your songs before, and um, you're really ta- really talented. Andrew oh, Andrew played at our opening weekend, uh, Herzog Music uh, downstairs. That the opening weekend we had bands playing all day. Happy to have him be part of that and, and come back for this. Yeah, and that was one of the that was the first time I had seen you. Play oh before. yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. And that was right after uh, you you had played you played right after a really. Big sort of rock, big sounding rock band, and I was amazed at how was you captured every, everybody's attention. Yeah, I, I had a, a a handful of of friends that that were here coming up to me while while you were playing, Andrew, and just you know, just knocked them out with what what you played. So, oh, thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited for you, man. You've got a lot of you got a lot of talent. I mean, honestly, like the singer, songwriter, guitar, it's not easy to make that work. Like I'll, I mean, I I I can find that boring real quick. I mean, it's been done. Like you don't. I'm not saying anything that's fresh to your ears. Yeah, but yeah, you, you've got a way and a talent to it. You like you could just sit and listen to it for a long time. It's really, really got a special knack for it, man. So. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So you, your tunes that you write um, sound like a 50 year old man singing. How old are you? Uh, I just turned 22 in November. Wow. So it's, it's, it, when you hear your, his lyrics, you're like, hmm, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty deep stuff. Some of them are kind of funny. I think the first tune that we're going to hear yeah, in a yeah. second, tell us a little about the first, uh, tell us a little about the first two songs you're going to play for us. Uh, first one up, it's called High School Reunion Blues. Uh, just something funny that I wrote, uh, sitting at home. I did it originally on a, on a piano, but, did it translate it over guitar? Thought it needed to pick up a little more speed, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, I, th- I like the version on the piano too. I might mm-hmm. play that live and stuff. Like I used to play it live on the guitar, but I never played it live on the piano. Is, mm-hmm. is the acoustic your first instrument, or did you have uh, proficiency on on anything else before that? Or oh no, I just uh, picked. We had guitars laying in my house, and just. Would always see him, never touched him until... He's one of those, oh, yeah, I just kind of had some guitars sitting around, and I picked it up and sounded like a rock star, so I thought <laughs> I I'd do question. that. Were those guitars like your father's or like your siblings? Uh, They're just laying around. They have to be. My somewhere. dad my okay. dad played, and cool. uh, his dad, my grandpa, played uh, so it's banjo. In, in the stuff. family? Nice. I guess you could say that, yeah. It's in the blood. Yeah. Yeah, they would just be laying around and staring at me yeah. while I'd walk by yeah, as a kid. me up. Right. And you then, said your brother played piano on another, on on the album. Yeah, all three of my, or all two of my brothers play, all three of us. All, all play. three of you yeah. are musical. That's awesome. 
That's really cool. That's cool that you guys could work together on a project like that. Yeah, he yeah, he he's good at uh piano. He writes his own uh like symphonies and stuff. Oh wow. So yeah. you guys are all talented. Yeah, wow. he he did, he did, we don't know how to read music, but he rec- he recently just taught himself so you know, he yeah. can write that kind of stuff. And send my kid to Hamilton for some of that fresh water they have up there that makes everybody <laughs> Apparently really it's the best smart. in the world, right? Yeah. Or sec- what is it? Second best or are you guys actually serious? Oh yeah, okay. it's like rated number. What is it? Second or? Well, first? I was kidding, but All he's right. serious. I'm not even. I'm not oh, even yeah. kidding. Yeah, he's not. Like, jo- not like his first tune. Like when the water. When they did the water awards. Okay. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. It was I was at award. that ceremony. It was great. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and this this one goes to Nice, France, and in number two, Hamilton, Ohio. Uh, the A lot be- of shocked people in the crowd that they hit the water awards. And the best bottled water goes to oh Evian again. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe that. Every year, every year. <laughs> I think it was Kroger at the best bottled yeah, yeah. water. Kroger not, drinking I, water. Yeah. So you wrote, you write, you've been playing, how long have you been playing music then? You you said you, you picked up the family guitars laying around. Was that something at a young age or just when you were like hitting the formative teen years, your angsty years, you get dumped by a chick and start? Uh, no. Do you get heartbroken <laughs> ones? I thought I heard heartbreak, heartbreak in one of those songs. Uh, I was about six years old. I when think. you first got heartbroken? Yes. Oh, no. That's no. tough. I was heartbroken <laughs> in first grade. I took a bottle of perfume to... This girl, and she didn't like me. It was Debbie Gibson's exclamation. I'm serious. Wow. And she now just, I'm being serious. She stood you up. Man. She basically was like, thanks for the perfume, and then she continued to ignore me. You should me. have gone for the Tiffany uh, stuff. It I know. Was back then. I, I know. I was, I was out of the blue, and I should have been <laughs> Tiffany. Uh, I think we're alone now. That's where I messed up. That, they, they didn't make a perfume called I Think We're Alone Now. No, they did, but it wasn't appropriate. Like teen spirit. It wasn't appropriate for first grade. My mom was like, "No, yeah, sure, you, yeah." You get her the exclamation, or it's nothing. Okay, let's talk about conditioner for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I, uh, I'd like to suggest uh, we have Andrew play this song here for us. Well, I cut off his six-year-old heartbreak story. Let's yeah. finish this. Oh, yeah. Let's finish this story, and then you play two songs for us. Yeah, sure. Okay, sounds good. Um, I was about six, I think, six or seven. That I remember, I picked. I used to pick it up, and I didn't try to play it, but I, I eventually tried to play it. And then just taught myself some stuff and listened to Chet Atkins for a whole summer in my room by myself. Really, how old were you then? Uh, what was that? Um, maybe four, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. That's when I really started trying to get good at it, but. I would, I just sat there and listened to him on, you know, repeat Mr. Sandman, Georgia Camp Meeting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Really got the, because I couldn't finger pick and I wanted to learn how. I could do yeah, like yeah. the three finger, you know, thing, but I couldn't do the. Thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's always, I've always wanted to learn how to do that too. There's a name for that. The boom chuck is that what it is? I think it's like a. Thumb, like a thumb, alternating thumb rhythm. That's baseline. Uh, what was that? There's a name for that when you do that. But yeah. Well, I don't Debbie know. Gibson. Debbie <laughs> Gibson. <laughs> she did that a lot. <laughs> Debbie Gibson did that nonstop. That's what she made her yeah, famous, yeah. but only to be outdone by Tiffany's uh-huh. triple thumb uh, baseline. She used all three strings. <laughs> so Debbie couldn't keep up, but um, that's awesome, man. So maybe just set up the first song that you're going to play. That's. Uh, uh, high school reunion blues. Okay. 
and then the second song we're gonna hear? Uh, it's called Changes. Okay, sounds good. Well, let's 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 hear them. Yeah. All right. It was about the break of sunset. I stopped in to say hello. To my baby Dorothy About eight o'clock or so I haven't seen her in a decade And I wondered how she's been She had legs that could knock you out And she was all American Well I flung open the screen door Cause I knew she loved surprise She was looking like a lineman by the shape of her thighs She had a hairy mole on the layer of her third chin I said, where is Dorothy? And she said, babe, how you been? my head to wonder but it was embraced with a hug she smelled like old salami and in her hair was a bug I said oh my goodness Dorothy I haven't seen you in a bit then she got all hyped and nervous then she screamed out for her kid
Changes, 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 oh come on to me Looks, feelings are mostly my little memories My cheeks have declined and my nose it can quite hardly breathe And my liver has processed a body Make me quiet. Home.
Hey, thanks, Andrew. Those were wow. awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. So the first song, that's really funny. Oh, thanks. You know, yeah. you're like getting punched in the face by a woman with a, what you said she had a mole on her third shin. <laughs> some of the, some of the descriptors in there, it's, you know. Three Toe Junior. Yeah. That's a good one too. That yeah. Was, uh, who, good. who do you look to uh, for songwriting? Uh, you know, which, which artists do you admire, uh, you know, try to emulate? Um, Bob, Bob Dylan's probably my, my favorite. Uh Tom Waits, Neil Young, Lou Reed, other great singer songwriters. Yeah, Hank uh, Hank Williams. So the the tell us a little bit about the that second tune. That that sounded more like one of the kind of love heartbreak tunes. Uh, changes did. Yeah. Uh, more, not so much heartbreak. More along the lines of just, I don't know. I tried to base it off of a guy. Doing drugs and, you know, really going down the wrong wrong road. Gotcha. And needing to just kind of change. Right. But, you when know. You, when, you, uh, when you write tunes, do you have a specific process you go through? Or I, I kind of, I like, I write songs, not any that I play for people, but usually it's just a. I've heard them. And yeah, Billy has heard them. It's true. But it's typically like a, you know, accident that develops into a bigger idea that you build on. I do like different, I'll it, just do it different ways. I'll, I remember one time I was really f- obsessed with trying to fall asleep and then right as I fell asleep, really wake myself up and write one really quick. Cause wow. They, they say that that's the most alert you'll be or like that's when you're using most of your brain huh but it didn't it didn't yeah, he's work. giving away all of his secrets <laughs> well it didn't no, work it didn't so work. you just found out you were low blood sugar and just kind of weird no it was like uh, you're kind of in like a comatosis uh-huh. and then you wake up all disoriented and just you can't really think of anything yeah <laughs> yeah for me. Did, you, did you think that maybe you were thinking as well too much about it because sometimes I, I know like we yeah. all probably like you're, you can't you, think yeah. too much you can't it, really exactly. set out to write a song yeah. you can maybe set out to pick up your instrument and start playing that's how i feel and then it's like oh well sometimes i have sometimes i i'm kind of a a lazy guy and i'll but i like the feeling of the the time being a crucial thing like i was on my way here and i had I'm like, do you know the E line for your gas? Mine was like below it. And I had, uh, I was about five minutes late getting my check from my place. And I walked in there and she closed it already and she had to open it back up and give me my check. <laughs> I was late on that one. I wasn't. Um, you got one more tune for us off your, it's going to be off your new record. Is this record out yet? No. Uh, Production. I've been working with uh, Zach Gabbard. Uh, he helped me, Rick of uh, Buffalo Killers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We know Zach. He's a yeah. big friend of our. Yeah, yeah, big big supporter and friend of the foundation and, and all things Herzog. <clears throat> yeah, he was um, recording me in his barn with his tape machine and stuff, and he called me up, asked me to come record some stuff with him. So I went over there and recorded, and sounded good. I had Danny Peterson on drums, um, Chris Erbacher on pedal steel. Uh, I played 
Or no. Yeah, yeah. I I played bass. Uh, my brother played piano. Uh, Matt, he played piano. And Zach and me have just been mixing it. It's not, it's not out yet. It's it's going to be coming out sometime in the spring next year. And I can't really discuss further on that matter because I was still not not to. Yeah. <laughs> Top secret shit, huh? Wow. We're gonna have to call Zach. Well, maybe. Yeah. I didn't know that uh, we were off limits. I've got his number. Hold on, let me. I didn't know that. <laughs> I think I think you should get him on the horn. Yeah. It's not like it's a. It's not like it's a big deal. It's just that he. It, Warner Brothers has put out his record. It's not. It's, it's not a big thing. It really. Hey just, man, I get it. It's okay. We like to be the first to. We we want to be well, the I would first. Just be a dick if I said it. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be a dick, right? But I would like. I'm happy that we're the first podcast in town that didn't get the scoop, because <laughs> yeah. not everybody gets to be not knowing we're we're in a good spot so there's that yeah yeah no zach's great and i'm excited for you that's awesome man and the funny thing is is i've known zach we we um i walked into motor and saw the buffalo killers playing stopped what i was doing and watched the whole show yeah like it was like wow on how long ago was that that was like eight nine years ago okay the beginning yeah and then like these guys are amazing and so then um I had they we invited them to play Eli's Barbecue's grand opening. Yeah. And they and they did. They came down, they drove through an ice storm from Dayton with their mom. And uh we we they played at nine after we closed in the dining room. We took all the chairs out and it was an incredible show. And uh we've we've done some other things with them. And after all of that, Zach never called me and asked me to come to the barn to and record, record <laughs> shit, <laughs> which is how you know you're good and I'm not. Yeah, he's um, a good guy. He man. is, he, man. They're awesome. He's awesome. helped me out more than more than. They're super yeah. talented. Yeah, he sees your talent, so that's really exciting. You should feel really. Uh, you should be proud about that, man. Because I about hung up on him when he first called me. I about I about hung up on because I didn't awesome. know yeah. who he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. Aw- you you know that there's a good story here, and then you know that there's some serendipity at work. Um, well, let's listen to this third song, and uh, and then we'll we'll let you go for the evening. Okay, cool. Thanks, and, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you for so thank you, th- so much for being on here. We really appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate you yeah. guys having me. Yeah. Good luck to you. What's it called, Andrew? Uh, it's called a uh, home wrecker. Home 
Let's give a big thanks to Andrew Hibbard. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. All right. I'm pretty sure that uh, you're going to continue to hear his name. He's absolutely fantastic. Nobody can shut down a whole room with one guitar. That's, that's yeah. He seriously is. If you would have seen, there's not, there's not a room full of people here because it's a podcast, but if there were a yeah. room full of people, yeah, they would have shut the fuck up and listened to Andrew play. Cause I've heard, I've heard, I've seen it happen in real life. I watched him follow a five piece and the guy was literally picking up the keyboard over his head and it was like a huge thing. And then Andrew came on with yeah. the guitar and a condenser mic and stood there, Bob Dylan esque, but fresh, it's still fresh. It doesn't, it's not like, Oh, you're just trying to do that. Yeah. It, it feels really good. I love it. I think he's going to be somebody special. He's already somebody special, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I think he's gonna blow up. Well, the the uh, if you recall the Buckle Up Music Festival a few years back, uh, 
I, I helped out. I, I sort of curated a, a stage underneath the overpass, which is a great place to <laughs> to have acoustic uh, performances. Uh, yeah, you could. Uh, uh, and a- a- Andrew was performing elsewhere at that festival, and came and did a set on on my stage. And uh, Tyler Childers also did, who is currently blowing he, up. He's on the blow up path. He's he's playing with uh, with uh, your friend Margot Price at the Ryman soon. Oh yeah. I believe so and it's sold out twice, three times, three shows. We're it's doing like all exciting. we can to stay on top of these folks. So uh we're joined here with uh Corin Stetter. He's the CEO and founder of Inhaler Radio and uh he's going to give us a little insight onto uh what Inhaler is and why he's doing it and what his goals are and and things like that. So I want to introduce everyone here to to Corin officially. Hi Corin. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, fair to Midland. <laughs> fair to Midland? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, Inhaler is a online uh, community broadcast and radio platform, uh, as well as a podcast network, and actually um, really started in the wake of WNKU. Okay. That's really cool. How, how did you, uh, what prompted you to... Did you did you do as much planning as we did when we put together this this um, ship of fools? Very well put. Yeah, it's we're, a ship of fools. We're still figuring out what we're doing here. You know, I, I I think that the way you guys are doing this and kind of figuring it out as you go is kind of how I think most things happen. I know, um, at least in the first episode that I heard, you had uh, Thunderdome restaurants as your sponsor and mm-hmm. you know, I think they're a really interesting uh, restaurant group to go from uh, one restaurant Bakersfield five years ago to doing close to somewhere between 40 and 50 million dollars in sales five years later and being in you've, you've done your research several different markets yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I think that like you know when they started five years ago they were probably a very different company than they were today you know kind of figuring out as you go so um, but to, to answer how uh, we started and what the goals are and those sort of things and how I got into this whole thing is uh, I have a band called Multimagic. That's my oh, okay. band. Yeah. And um, when we started a couple of years ago, um, we had a couple of cool opportunities. You talked about Buckle Up. Uh, you know, the promoters for that, Promo West, uh, do also do the Bunbury Music Festival and uh, a good friend of all of ours, I think uh, Ian Bolander from Cincinnati Music oh, yeah. and sure. Niederlander. Uh, he promoted or... Um, did the booking for the first couple of years of that. Well, I think that first year that Promo West purchased it, uh, they didn't have Ian book it, but they did ask him for some suggestions. And from what I understand, Multimagic was one of those suggestions. And we got a really great opportunity um, to be on the main stage. We played right before Father John Misty on the same stage as Black Keys, Walk the Moon, and Bleachers. Not a, not a bad thing. Not, no, not we, a bad opportunity. No, we played to about three thousand or so people, and that's a yeah, yeah. So that was a huge boost for us, right? Well, that same summer, WNKU picked up uh, our song "Let Go," and we really didn't play much between the Bunbury show and then our Midpoint performance. And we had a really great slot at, at Midpoint. It was like eight o'clock. This was the year that Ride played and Sylvanesso played, and Ride kind of was finishing at Washington Park right as we were starting at another outdoor stage just a few blocks away. And I think just the timing of that and the fact that we were outside, people could hear us. We felt, you know, we, we were like, well, 200 people show up, we'll feel pretty good because we've done a lot of leg work and we've worked hard and whatever. Well, about 
somewhere between six and 800 people showed up to that. And, um, some of that was due, obviously, I mean, it's a good song and we were doing what we were doing. Um, but between that Bunbury performance and then really, I think it was WNKU getting behind us and playing that song in regular rotation that a lot of people that outside of our networks found out about us. Right. And, um, what I thought was so cool about what WNKU was doing the last couple of years, especially with Aaron Sharp, with Liz Felix, um, and a couple other folks, they were playing what they felt were really good local bands, but just in rotation rather than, you know, the, uh, one hour on Sunday night, where we're going to play a bunch of local bands all together. That sure. that's great. And that has its place. Sure. But as a listener, when I hear modern aquatic or dog yap between Fanagram and death kept for cutie, I just hear it as another great song on that level. And then after three or four times of hearing that, and then I catch Aaron or Liz coming on the station, you know, coming on and saying, Oh, that was dog yap. They're from Cincinnati. And actually they're playing at motor or they're playing at Woodward theater or, you know, they're playing at buckle up music or whatever. As a listener, I think you could make the argument that WNKU's influence as a curator drove people to actually check those out and support and people were excited about it. And so that's really the, Shortest version I can tell you of how, why I started this was because when WNKU was announced, I had already worked with several of these local bands, uh, Multimagic included, but also, like I said, Dog Yacht, Modern Aquatic, Young Heirlooms were a band we were working with, trying to help kind of sort of build this uh, community and really try to put value in what we were doing and saying, hey, Cincinnati's great that you can go play all these free bar shows, but if the it's not going to be sustainable unless uh, and there's an audience that's willing to um, come and support you financially by purchasing tickets and saying, hey, we'll put some value on this. The free bar show. Yeah. Those are great. And those are great, especially it's when like you're the, fir- first starting the off. The bow weevil of the corn plant or something. I don't know. That's, very, that's a great analogy. A, yeah, no, well, <laughs> it's okay. But, um, but that was really where it started was honestly just because, like many people, uh, I felt strongly that WNKU going away was going to be a big hit for the community at large and especially the music community sure, and, yeah. um, and, and have that platform for our local artists and artists that are coming to town to find out about. And so uh, at first I was trying to actually buy the third signal, the uh, 105.9 signal. I mean, I had no money, but I was like dreaming, like, dreaming. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And, and trying to, you know, trying to wrangle investors and, you know, I was on the phone every other day with the broker for some reason, he was talking to me like as if I had money. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never you know. know. Um, I remember when we, you know, Dorsey's here from 97X and we, we remember when they went out of business. Yeah. I, I remember listening. I actually followed the signal uh, as uh, you guys were signing off. I like drove around my car and ended up at the CVS in Clifton. It was like the best chance I could like listen to it in that parking lot. And uh, me and my ex-girlfriend, we just listened to the sign off for it. It was a very sad time. And, like I know Sledge and several other people who've lived through that now twice, you know, didn't want to see that happen. And ultimately it did. Um, and so with Inhaler, you know, I have lots of big dreams and goals for what it potentially could be. And I think when we first started, similar to what you guys are saying about just, oh, we're just going to figure it out as we go. I think at first we were trying to do a little too much, you know, are we an events promotion company? Are we an artist management company? You know, these things that I have a background in that, I'm not, I have no radio background. Yeah. So, th- so I was trying to get to a place right away where like the radio station will help these other things that I actually are my skill sets. Well, I found out over the last seven or eight months that 
if I want to build a radio station, I have to focus on that first. And so that's really what we've done is really kind of since August kind of done a revamp and said, okay, let's focus on the radio station. Let's focus on building this. Um, and then what we have now is from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday, you can actually hear uh, human live curated uh, programming from DJs that are all local in town. And what we do is we play uh, national popular artists similar with WNKU or, or Woxy would play, but um, you're going to hear sprinkled in there uh, some of the best local music in town. Uh, and then we really try to focus on live events that are coming to town. So for example, St. Vincent, she's very popular. Um, she's got a new record out, you know, so we're following those charts, but also when she announced that she was coming to Taft theater, that's going to bump her up in our rotation more because we want to drive people to that event. That's fun though, because if you haven't gone to the show or, you know, you want to hear it and then you can kind of start to learn some of the tunes and get, you know, get excited about it. Like it, it really is. And it's exciting too for, for me because I've actually found out about so many artists now from having to actually be ingrained in it and doing the research, you know, and now we're at the point where we're starting to get uh, radio promoters and bands actually sending us stuff, which is really cool. And I know it's kind of like a, a silly thing, but it's really cool when we'll tag a band like on Twitter saying, you know, up in the next hour and that band will retweet or will like it, you know, and kind of spreading the word about what we do. But it, it's kind of cool that they actually appreciate that we're doing it. And since WNKU uh, went off the air, our listenership has gone up like tremendously. Uh, so we're really, really excited. Not that they're off the air, but uh, to kind of fill that space, it, it feels like, you know, there's definitely a need and people are wanting, you know, sure. someone to fill that space. And we're, we're just hoping to provide that. So, I mean, I, I, I can't remember right off the top of my head with the pressure on and the <laughs> mic in my face, but I mean, sitting in my bedroom in high school and trying to get 97 X, mm -hmm. you know, and you would get it and you wouldn't get it and it'd be fuzzy. And I mean, like that was half the reason I wanted to go to that school was so like, man, if I went to Miami, I could sit in my dorm room, <laughs> listen to 97 X and I would know all the cool music. And at that time I was like, obviously mid nineties, there was no internet. There wasn't anything in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. Sure. So it was just like, that was it. Like you would try to tape stuff off of, you know, and thing, and then, yeah. And then the same thing with NKU and even more so as, as the other 97 X's went off the air. Well, that's how I got familiar with the station. I remember I was living I mean, in listen to that radio voice. Just yeah. Listen to it. Well, thank you. I was living in now Centerville. Now the pros talking. I'll back up, <laughs> back up. But I was living in Centerville, which is a suburb of South Dayton. And then I, I came upon, I it was probably about 89, I would say maybe 90. And I'd never seen Rain Man or heard of the station. And I just one of those days where you get the signal, like you guys know, is depending on where you're at. Like you said, you're in a parking lot in Clifton listening to them sign off. Um, and it was very interesting. You hear like B-52s and stuff you just wouldn't hear on commercial radio because growing up in the Midwest, you know, not that it's bad, but you're hearing like Bon Jovi. Uh, not that it's good either, but uh, – and stuff like that. And, and there was no – Smashing pumpkins and, and, and you day. And you felt that is this uh, – these 12 bands, that WTUE or whoever plays – Nothing against them because I grew up loving that station when they were AOR, I guess, al album-oriented rock when they played deep cuts. But I don't know. It's just it's, It was just refreshing to hear R.E.M. and, and bands I loved and, and bands I knew nothing about. And like you said, local bands. We had local licks and homebrew. And and to, to weigh in on that, I, I, I totally agree that a lot of times the programmers get lost in this local thing. And there's a lot of bands. Let's face it. Every band's local yeah, in, right? in the beginning. 
I mean, no one just pops out and like, hey, we're on Warner Brothers. We haven't written anything yet, but we're going to be on Warner Brothers as soon as we write some stuff. So I, I feel that that's very important. Uh, there's a lot of people who need to be heard who aren't getting the chance because of the pigeonhole they've been put in as a local band, and it's not fair. And it's it's been that way uh, probably forever, and hopefully it's changing now. Well, yeah, and I I think part of that probably is the with the internet, you know, yeah. uh, democratization, I guess, yeah. uh, of that, you know, the connectivity, you know, it's a lot easier, I think, as a programmer to actually find out about the good local music in town because it's a lot easier for these local bands that actually have higher quality recordings yeah, now true. than they ever could before. The Tascam four track. Exactly. You know, they, so we they just, can make a, we just sold one of those downstairs at oh, Herzog music. Those are great by the yeah. way. Yeah. Not Herzog not music either. on race street. <laughs> yeah. 811. 811. Race street. Um, they still have two more available. Records, yes. repair, Tascam, Porta Studio four. Aaron, sure. Andrew, Andrew Aragon. Yes. Just yes. if you just want to see him. Yeah. So he'll, stop by. But yeah. I think we, I think we all started. I, I know that I did. On the Tascam four tracker, yeah, that's I did you, too. You build from that, oh, yeah. and yeah, it's still a great machine. I mean, and you can make, huh. you know, for the right style of music, you can make great recordings yeah, on those. Absolutely. But I do believe that as technology has advanced in the last, you know, fifteen to twenty years, uh, artists are able, you know, bands are able to make much better recordings. And so I think the the fact that they are local, um, as a, again as a programmer, as a, a curator, you can hear no longer just hearing the potential. You can actually hear like the final product yeah. and that's something that you can actually air, you know, which I think potentially, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you didn't, there weren't as many bands that were able to do that. They had to get to a certain level before they were even able to make the kind of recordings that would be even airable. Well, you you know? had to go to a studio and right. the studio is like what, $150, $200 an hour and you're cutting six, eight songs. Uh, that'll be $1,400 today, please. Right. Uh, okay. Hold on a minute. <laughs> oh, wait, we don't have any money. <laughs> Well, yeah. oh, hey, I have a fun fact for us. Yeah. Even though this is Bill's department. That's, that is usually my department. Bill, but, um, it's Bill, it's Furby's department for the fun facts. Elias. Fun fact Furby. I, uh, I have give a you fun permission fact. to do this week's. It could just be this segment's fun fact. You segment. might have a fun fact for a different segment. We'll see. They, but anyway, they just pop I'll just up. give it my fun fact real quick. So Patty Smith, who's been in the studio here. She's rehearsed here before she, her she, show at Memorial Hall. Yeah, I, I was there. That was awesome. Yeah. When was that? In, 2014, uh, four maybe? years back, something oh, cool. like that. Yeah. But um, so there is a Hollywood actor who recently had ALS and was uh, dying, hmm. and one of his favorite things to do was write, and so Patty Smith was his friend, and she was traveling to his house and reading him hours a day, uh, his stories back to him and helping him also put to paper, uh, a, a, a book he was currently working on. Oh, okay. Um, which I thought was really touching that, you know, somebody has that kind of, it's more of a touching fact than a fun. Fact. I guess it is. I guess it's not a fun fact, not fun at all. Fun that we've Brought her up a few times, and then I was reading the the I was actually reading that in the New York Times. But we don't know who this person is. The actor is now slipping my mind. Are uh, they dead now? Yeah, he passed away. Is it the guy that famous, played uh, uh, the guy from Maury in Tuesdays with Maury? No, it just seemed like no, that was no, kind no. of the event. Uh, uh-uh. uh, can't remember. I feel like this this, not this little Baldwin. segment might need some editing. Yeah, <laughs> post production. We'll That's fix it okay. In post. We do a lot in post production. As long as it's not Harry Dean Stanton, I'll be okay. No, it wasn't Harry Dean Stanton. That was a tough one for me. Yeah, 
No, they're I, all tough, but that was that was a sad one because I really liked him in uh, Cool Hand Luke. I saw him perform in Los Angeles two years ago during the 30th anniversary of the Repo Man. Uh, they replayed the film, and then after that, he got up and did some some cover songs, some great stuff, uh, Harry Nielsen stuff like that. With uh, Harper Simon played guitar, who's Paul Simon's son, and Slim Jim Phantom from the Stray Cats played drums. But amazing, and Harry at the time of, well, he was 89. That's my Harry Dean stands. Yeah, he's super cool. But like I feel lucky to have seen him because cool. yeah, he never saw. performed live music. It was one of the only times he ever did it. That's cool. And I just happened to be in town. So. Yeah, that's crazy. It is that's, crazy. That's my favorite scene in Cool Hand Luke when he's playing. And Does he do and, Amazing Grace in that? No, it's uh, um, uh, Hold My Hand or Take Take My Hand, Dear Lord. Take My Hand, Precious Lord, I think is the actual name of the I believe it is, the uh, song. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the song. And uh, Luke's walking out to meet his mom. And we've kind of had part of this conversation before. Have we? Yeah, but I think it was on the the pre-pilot. So it's buried in the oh, yeah. it's buried in the Herzog vault. Yeah, that'll be. You might uh, hear that sometime when we release that. Like this is going to be buried in the cutting room floor of that vault. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is. Uh, no, hey, hey, this is this is our A material. This is this is like I'm glad to be yeah, part that, of it. that got yeah that got kind of dark and emotional. It was good. It yeah, was good. It's, it's it's about vibrancy and um, it was good. It was well, good. We're excited about what you're doing. Well, thanks. And we I first heard about it. Um, we. When Andrew, who works here at the store with us and part of Herzog with us, he, um, his band was on your, on Inhaler. Yeah, I think he was, um, we, we had a show kind of, again, like at the beginning, we were kind of figuring out what we were doing and we started with more kind of some specialty programming rather than straight, you know, kind of format programming. And I think he was on one of those early programs. Um, and I think we even interviewed him actually potentially like right when Herzog yeah. opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I recall yeah. that. Which was exciting. Um, and like I said, we, we've now kind of switched to more of this, um, you know, again, with the in the wake of WNKU, we, what we feel strongly is that people are really looking for the community aspect of it, but also people want to hear music, right? Yeah, they want to hear new music. They want to be introduced to new music. Exactly. The discovery a- a- aspect. Maybe and, um, sometimes you're putting caulk on your hardwood floors. And you just want to hear some like talk as well. Like just, you know, just something that passes time. I was recently refinishing my hardwood floors and it's so like, you're speaking from experience now. Yeah. And okay. I'm refinishing. <laughs> there was a, it was a strong desire and I was refinishing the floors and it's like an hours and hours every day. And you want something to listen to. And you're like, you know, like Spotify or Apple music you don't really have CDs and you don't have tapes. I mean, I have tapes and CDs and records. I'm nostalgic. But when you're on your hands and knees and your mm-hmm. stuff's polyurethane all <laughs> over your fingers. So now I'm trying to like sign into my iPhone with my thumbprint, but it's mm-hmm. covered in polyurethane <laughs> and I can't sign in. So I'm stuck listening to like, I've made the mistake of choosing like a holiday Christmas. Oh. I was listening to some Christmas carols for a while. That's good That's for great. like a few floors. But so inhaler can solve this problem for you. We think so because so like I said, seven a.m. to seven p.m. Monday through Friday, you can hear. Uh, you know, it's a radio station. It's a radio station, exactly. And then so this kind of sucks because that's what we wanted to do. Well, the good thing is, so I didn't know that you were going to do that. That's a, that's okay because uh, I had a con- really good conversation with. Uh, would you be called the producer of the show? Pro- producer Matt. Producer Matt, and um, you know I don't know if it's going to happen, but we'd love to kind of join forces and figure out. 
what makes the most sense. Um, I heard something about that. Yeah. So, because uh, one of I our, hadn't heard anything about that. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. But, you know, what we're excited about is, uh, and one of the things that I talked with Matt about was that we've kind of trudged through all of the BS that right. you, you got to, all the highway kind of, laid. Yeah. We've kind of figured out a lot of it. And really, that post 7 p.m. and weekend programming, you know, specialty programs, genre programming, programming that's, uh, you know, to give programs an opportunity to grow an audience when it's off of a peak time is really kind of the next phase for us. And so I see we have contacts because we, that's what I've been selling to my friends is Mm -hmm. dude, if you help me out with this, you can have your own weirdo DJ hour from like 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Right. Exactly. What I want. That's the only reason why I did this is so I could for an hour, DJ my own show Mm -hmm. and play nothing but Charles Ives. There you go. And be like, you don't like Charles Ives? Fuck you. Turn the radio station. Oh, you're not on the radio. You're on the internet, dickhead. I know where you're at. I know where you live. You signed up for this. (laughs) You're listening to Charles Ives. That's right. (laughs) 24-7. 24-7. I listened to Burl Ives on the way here. uh, Christmas CD. He's killer. Yeah, right. Burl Ives is 99 cents. He's the guy. You guys want a fun fact? Since my last fact was not fun. Burl Ives is the... How fun is... uh, I'm sorry. He's the voice in the red, uh, red Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. He's a snowman, right? Everybody knows or, that. Or the... I didn't say it was an unknown fact. I said it was a fun fact. Oh, yeah, it's a fun fact. Loosen up your headphones. Reminder fact. A reminder. It's a reminder. Well, everybody fact. knows that. Yeah, I mean, wow, well, uh, everybody knows that. Well, he was the voice. He was the snowman, but he was also the narrator. The narrator. Right. Well, was that because the was the snowman? The, the snowman narrator? was. The he was narrator. kind of the host. Yeah, so, he was uh, kind of the host. Adventure. Like we're all hosts. Like Dorsey's a host tonight with us. He's a he's a special host. Yeah, not like a vir- vir- yeah. virulent host that's going to spit a- aliens <laughs> out of his body. Not that kind of host. not that kind of host. No, no. not that kind of host. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Dorsey's running on uh, not a lot of sleep. Oh, not a lot of sleep he, at all. He came <laughs> in, got, got into town last. I took like three, four airplanes <laughs> and a, a train to get here. The only thing I didn't do was swim over the o- banks of the Ohio. <laughs> But yeah, it was a 22-hour trip. I, oh, my I, God. I started at 2 o'clock in the morning from my home uh, four hours north of San Francisco. I've been knocking my headphones off here. I'll tell you the story. It's brutal. Then you ride down the 101, and half of it's foggy where you can't see anything in front of you. And it's these Redwood Mountains, which is beautiful. But literally— I'm trying to hear where this is bad. I know, but literally somebody died on the way there half uh, hour behind me. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, I had a really weird incident with a deer. I'll leave it at that. And I was looking at the edge of a mountain going, hmm— this is where the truck stops, and this is where the cliff begins. So I'm here. Anyway, uh, yeah, but it took a long time to get here. I, I got to – I had to take a uh, bus or train from – once I got to El Cerrito to Oakland to the airport, which took another hour and a half. And then I got to the Oakland airport and flew to Chicago and then flew to Cincinnati, which I got in at midnight last night. So could I keep talking? And then I had a, a, a drink of water, and then I brushed my teeth. <laughs> and then I dreamed for seven and a half hours and I woke Billy up. Uh, this is great. This morning. So you got good. Did you get some good sleep though? <laughs> I did. I'm staying at a and b and uh, it was a great. A and b oh, in Covington. A and b in Covington. I'm going to be honest. I could just listen to you talk. So if you just want to, <laughs> you know, whatever. But it was great. It was, the room was great. And thank you, Jordan, for the hospitality. I was worried <laughs> that with Aaron Sharp not being here because he kind of carries the show with his voice because yeah. he's got a professional radio voice and Billy and I just sound like <laughs> we're kind of here for support. Kicks. And Kicks. the fun thing is I, I worked with her and I, I spent a time at part-time. I did a lot of part-time stuff at NKU from about 2000 to about 2008. So I worked a lot with Aaron, so I know him. 
So, uh, he so, so he's been copying your voice absolutely all this time. Absolutely. That's well, where now, now it's coming out. Now <laughs> we know. I mean, do you guys need a morning guy for the new radio station? Uh, we can sure. talk numbers. So, so we can do it right now if you want. I mean, so we're, voice and everything. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out. You could do that from anywhere. So if even if you're in north of San Francisco, I can in, do in paradise. <laughs> um, then. Yeah, you could you could DJ the weirdo hour. At, you actually could. Um, I would do that. Holy shit! You just got a job. Okay, we formed a new radio station. I'm good with that. That's it's true. it's true though because we actually <laughs> we we use a cloud based system, so it, it's actually DJs can log in. I mean, we have a studio right over uh, on the edge of over the Rhine in Pendleton, that where we do most of our uh, recordings and live DJing and everything. But we do have the ability that our DJs can log in. From anywhere. Yeah, you uh, could set up the, right? You could have a microphone yep. on your desk and you could be I've looking out one. over. I'm ready. Yeah. We actually, one of our DJs. That's just, actually, I'm not, actually, you, I'm not kidding right now. I'm not either. It's, it's hard. That's what's good about this show is you never know when we're serious <laughs> yeah. or not serious. But no, we actually had uh, uh, one of our DJs did, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, uh, Floyd Johnson or uh, yeah, Ohio yeah, Against yeah. the World. Yeah. Uh, he was in New York and she was in New York. Uh, so yesterday she actually just set everything up and did her live broadcast from actually from New York city and interviewed Floyd, uh, cause it's more of a, we have like one, uh, more like hip hop kind of programming. Uh, it's more of a live, uh, interview show, uh, called DM and the PM on Wednesdays from four to six. That's a good name. So yeah. do you have an app yet? We do. <laughs> like a, yes. So you've got an app. We have a iPhone and Android app. Uh, if you type in inhaler, uh, with a AI instead of just an A, uh, like hail inhaler, um, Shows up right in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store. If you go to our website, inhaler, I N H A I L E R dot com. Uh, can we change right, the name to Herzog Radio, though? Oh, there's there's certainly ways, things we can figure out. Yeah. Um, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things that uh, actually Matt and I were discussing the other day was potentially whatever programming you all record here, there's a way that we can air that on, on our network. We could also have give you the embed code um, for our radio player that would be on your website, and all of that programming would be you know from Herzog Studios or whatever. I mean, there's lots mm-hmm. of different ways we could we could work something out. And I'm I'm honestly and then Dorsey could from his farm in California. Else? Totally, I'm not sure why you would do anything if you lived in California other than just play records, stare into the <laughs> yeah. sunset. Well, I tell you, it's uh, dodge fires. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I'm not gonna pound on it but yeah right right. so the the flip side of the inhaler story of how i was inspired was actually the same week that wnku announced that the first two licenses were sold and that the third one was eminent um i was very sick like i was just like coughing a lot you know and uh, this is back in february right and i actually went to the little clinic right so we're talking about bash, who we're going to bash, right? So Kroger and the Little Clinic, this for real happened. Is this inside a Kroger store? Yeah, inside Kroger, there's a company Amazing. called the Little Clinic, okay. right? Good target. They won't have enough money for uh, <laughs> legal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, this, hey, if they want to come after me, I'll go after them because I, I, I didn't because I could have seriously hurt someone. She prescribed me prednisone and codeine when, and I ended up in the hospital uh, because I got so fucking high that it was like, I literally ended up in the hospital with and, an inhaler. Well, th- they also prescribed me an inhaler, which I did not take. And oh. I should have taken, I would be scared at that point. See if I had taken the inhaler instead of the prednisone and the codeine, I probably would have been fine. And we probably would but also we probably would be having this conversation. So, um, 
But when I was actually in the hospital, the doctor said that you're, you don't have bronchitis like the nurse practitioner thought, said you have seasonal allergies. She should have given you Benadryl. Life's funny, ain't it? it it's, it's crazy funny. And I, due to the prednisone and due to the codeine, I actually went manic for a couple of weeks. And I know uh, Liz Felix can attest to this because I was sending her Facebook messages trying to hire her with money I didn't have. As I said earlier, I was trying to buy the st- tra- raise money to buy steroids and codeine. Yeah, it was. I haven't tried that one. It was, yeah, codeine. That, that's the purple drink, right? Sounds that's, like a good time. That's what the rappers drink, right? So yeah, so it was a very wild experience, but you know, um, it's led me to he- to this moment, and uh, I'm really, really excited for for the future of, of what we're doing. So. Sounds good, man. Well, hey, we really appreciate having you on, and uh, sounds like we need to go have a steroid shot and some codeine together, and we'll we'll figure out how we merge these these beasts of uh, of our media empire. I love it. We'll do a codeine shot and take some pressure. <laughs> sounds good, man. Thank you very much. Absolutely, thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Corin. Also, uh, just thank uh, Dorsey Fife again for uh, for for flying in from the. Fields of Gold in California yeah. <laughs> and uh, hanging out with us all night. And Andrew Hibbard for blowing our minds with his guitar and yeah. beautiful voice. And uh, all of our sponsors, Eli's Barbecue, Herzog Music. Clint Stevenson, our, Clint our Stevenson. engineer. Clint Stevenson. Clint, Clint Stevenson, Stevenson, our beautiful audio engineer and repairman at Herzog Music. Our producer, Matt Spaulding yeah. and... Autos, Brunch and Breakfast in Covington, and the Thunderdome Restaurant Group providing you with beautiful food from places like the Eagle Maplewood and your favorite, which one? Bakersfield? Mm, now I'm hungry. Right, some tacos. Bakersfield sounds good. Margaritas, PBRs in a boot. Hey, don't don't forget the redheaded stepchild of the Thunderdome. Inhaler.com. Kruger's. Kruger's. You know, Kruger's <laughs> is really good. It actually is really good. The, veg, the, veggie, burger, the veggie burger is... Fantastic, the sauerkraut balls. So, yeah. And thanks for listening to Herzog Radio, Lost on the River. Thanks for listening to Lost on the River. My name is Bill Furby, and I help out.